From across the pond, this is Off the Record with Big C. Thanks, Shaggy. As always, of course. And episode 45, I believe, Off the Record. Uh, on a night of huge disappointment for Spurs this evening, which we won't dwell on too much. No, um, on the back of a historic win against the best team last weekend, tonight we lose to the bottom team. So this is, you know, if everyone wants to know what it, being a Spurs fan is like, this is the week they should look at. Um, and we are discussing this week anyway. Um, I've got two guests. We've got um, Stinky Pete. Hi, Stink. Stink. Hi. Stink. Good to see you again. In uh, the lovely <laughs> Edelsborough in uh, in the United Kingdom, as usual. Where and for the also, three weeks, it's not raining. Yeah, and we're going to be discussing with a great, great to have him on the show. I think for the first time, CBW Radio's own Sean B or Shawnee Boy. Thank you, thank you for having me, Colin. Great to be yes, here. So it is your first time on. I think I think we've been on. I've been on uh, uh, stretching time, haven't we? Right, right. Uh, you've been on as well. I believe me and Style may have been on once. I mean, like together. I think I was on off the record once with Style. Oh, really? I, I forget. Yeah. I think I forget exactly what we were talking about, but I do recall us comparing uh, the contrast between rock and roll in America and rock and roll in the UK, and how uh, UK rock was more about feeling and uh, kind of technical sound, and in America it was more about like telling a story. Yeah, maybe right. Yeah, more more of a country sound, in fact. Maybe. Yeah, it must have been a very early one, huh? Mm-hmm. It must have been an early one. If 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 um, Slim Nick was on it, of course, it would have been um, quite a while it ago. It was an old classic um, one. It's an old classic. Oh well, well apologies. I, I forgot forgot that one. I, maybe I was thinking that was part of um, stretching strictly stretching time uh, in the past. Um, but it's great to have you on anyway. Maybe showing give us some of uh, some youthful exuberance on the show, which. Uh, <laughs> We, we lack uh, a bit of, don't we, Pete? Yes, I'm not feeling youthfully exuberant today. <laughs> no, well, we're going to discuss... Um, well, I, I advertised it as being girl singers, our favourite girl singers, but I don't know, people get a bit funny when you use the word girl. I mean, so is it female voices, female singers? Um. Do they get a fair crack of the whip, actually, female singers? I mean, from from critics, from, um, well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the media. I was looking at the, the stats, actually, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just briefly. Um, 239, since it's opened up in, I think, 86, um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has had 239 inductees as performers, okay? Now, of those 239... A mere 22 are solo female performers. It's less than oh, 10%. Wow. I mean, is that, is that fair? No. No, definitely not. No, I, I can, don't think so. I can think of more, more than that off the top of my head. I'm sure. Well, I've could. got more than that off my list here. So between, <laughs> yes. between the three of us, we're away, aren't we? That's true. No, yeah, we can make we can make twenty two between the three of us. Absolutely. And also in the Rolling Stone, you love a bit of Rolling Stone, Pete, don't you? Rolling Listen, Stone. I've quoted the Rolling Stone several times in this one, mate. I'm all over it. Hundred greatest singers of all time. Um, twenty four percent of them. Twenty four of them are 
female, mm. which is maybe a better percentage, but still. Still low. It's still pretty low, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this is a great topic, honestly, to highlight some of the more, I wouldn't say underrated, but maybe underappreciated female singers female throughout singers, history. Yeah. <laughs> well, that could be another topic for another night. Yeah. Well, we can look at people that, or female singers that have been appreciated and certainly been appreciated by us because we're going to list a few between us. I've got a stack that people have given me. Some have just listed, it seems, hundreds of singers. I think, well, that's too easy, isn't it? I mean, I've probably got 20 from one here. Um, but, yeah, we try to restrict it to about 10 um, so that we're not still broadcasting before Jeff Stritch starts his radio show tomorrow morning. Um, okay, so we're going to talk our favourite 10 female singers. We'll just go around one at a time. Um, shall we start? We'll start with Sean. All right. Our special guest tonight. Thank you. I uh, was hearing a little speak about Motown earlier, so I wanted to go with one of the, the queens of soul. I had picked uh, Aretha Franklin, actually, uh-huh. as my uh, one of my top picks. She, uh, speaking about Rolling Stone, she was uh, twice been placed ninth in Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. She recorded 112 charted singles on the U.S. Billboard charts, including 73 hot 100 entries, 17 top 10 pop singles, and 100 R&B entries with 20 number one R&B singles. If there's anyone that deserves the accolades, it's definitely this woman. Well, I had Aretha Franklin in my list as well. I don't know whether Pete did. I had Aretha Franklin on my reserve list because I knew you'd choose. You knew that we'd have it. I figured some of these might be some repeats because these are just kind of like... Duh, answers like Aretha exactly. Franklin. Exactly right. She's got to be there. One of my favorite stories of Aretha Franklin was in the past. Obviously, it was different times. She sometimes before playing certain venues, she didn't trust the the venue manager or whoever was in charge. So she would actually uh, demand that she was paid beforehand before going out on stage and singing, which is a kind of badass really? move. <laughs> That sounds like a Chuck Berry move, actually. I would have thought he would have done that as well. They, they probably learned it from, they probably taught each other. Maybe they did. Maybe they did, yeah. What are your- Queen of Soul, yeah, anyway. You, you had to have her in. I, I've definitely got her. She's, I, I mean, a musician as well, pianist, isn't she? Um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? On, played on uh, Respect? Did she play the, uh, did she play the piano on Respect? I don't yeah, know. She did. No, she did play the piano on respect. I think she did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we mentioned Aretha on a previous show. Maybe, for some yeah, reason. I can't remember. Yeah, how was it? Oh, 60, yeah, I think it, it was, was the album. 67. It was the 67 yeah. album. She has. And I had, I, had uh, I Never Loved a Man, Night of You, or whatever right. it is. Yeah, she, yeah. She, and, I, and I had that as well. She my, may have so. more by now, but it says that she has uh, won 18 Grammy Awards, which is pretty, pretty big. No, it's not bad. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got here a little few more than seventy five million record sales. Oof, did you yeah. say that one, Sean? I, uh, I I don't know if I did, but that that's the thing is, all of her highlights are just off the charts insane. She definitely is one of the best female singers probably in history. And strangely, one one odd fact is, despite her brilliance. Um, as the Queen of Soul, in terms of albums in the US or the UK, she didn't have a single number one album. Really? Yeah. 
That's crazy. Um, she only had one US number one single. That was with respect. Uh, and in the UK, she didn't have any solo number ones. She, what she did do, though, was had a number one duet with George Michael. Oh. I knew I knew you were waiting. That was the only time. But there's some weird, weird acts. Well, they're not weird acts, but they're weird stats in that they're, they're oh, yeah. big acts that don't have number ones. Um, I mean, I don't know. Was it is it Bruce Springsteen that's never had a number one? He's never had a number one. So, mind you, you're not a Springsteen fan, are you, Sean? So. I'm not really a Springsteen fan, so I don't know much st- uh, stats about him. I always heard uh, big things about him, so I don't know if he would have... Mm, I don't think he had a number no, one I single here. Maybe not. He hasn't. Yeah, I'm certain he hasn't. The, uh, the Who's another one. The Who had never had a number one single. Oh, really? Wow. That was That's funny. surprising. Um, well, before we move on from Aretha, who's obviously a good choice, Sean. Good choice. Um, do you, have you got a favorite track? Um, I guess I would have to kind of go with uh, the one you guys were talking about, her famous hit, Respect. Respect. Yeah. It's just an amazing anthem and a, a great song. It's everything you want and uh, a hit. Was originally it? It wasn't Otis Redding. He didn't write it, did he? I don't think Otis Redding. I thought he, he performed performed it first. I think, and then didn't Aretha she, took it on as you know as a real female anthem and changed the words around a bit, didn't she? I believe that. Yeah, I think that's the the story. It felt more. It felt more right with her. Granted. I think no, yeah. Which I agree. Think of respect. You don't think about his Redding's version. You think of Aretha, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. There's some songs like that. Right. So my first one is Aretha as well. So Pete, what have you got then? Since you had her on your okay. honourable mention. So, but... Yeah, I did have Aretha as an honourable. Um, so I'll do my little um, usual introduction. So cool. basically, what I've, what I've done is I've gone ten down to one, so I'm going to go in reverse order, um, and I, because there's so many and quite a lot of the people whose voices I love, we've talked about lots of times before, but I've ruled out people who are instrumentalists who sing. So I've gone for lead singers or solo singers who maybe occasionally play an instrument. So I've ruled out Joanne Shaw Taylor and people like that because she's basically a guitarist who sings. So I've gone with singers first. Okay. Um, And as usual, I'm going to go down the route of, I'll tell you a bit about them, see if you can guess, because that's a bit of fun. Um, So my first choice, my numero 10, if you like, um, the, her band's second album, was number one on the Billboard 200. Mm-hmm. It was top 10 for more than six months. What year it was sold, this? It's, um, I'll tell you in a minute. It sold oh, 22 well, million well, copies. Okay. Okay. Jazz and Pop Critics Poll number two. Three of the singles were in the top 20 best-selling singles of the year. And her first solo album did 423,000 copies in the first week and 20 million worldwide. 1996 and then 2000. But Pete, have you got any stats for us though? That's the thing. I just gave you all the stats, obviously. (laughs) I'm just going to let you guess now. All right. 96 was the band, yeah. And then her solo album was, I think, 2000, 2001. Um, and for me, a genre-defining voice. 
Uh, um, 96 time, I don't know. I'm thinking of um, not Gwen Stefani, is it? It's not Gwen Stefani. Listen, how well do you know me? Am I going to choose Gwen Stefani? No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. You're more likely to change, change well, I won't say it otherwise. Someone yeah, else no. might say it. I haven't. Okay. All right, I'll put you out. I'll put you out, you Mitchell. Well, tell us. Tell us. Uh, Lauren Hill. Oh, she, she was oh. on mine. She was on my list, too, as well. Oh. So, Lauren Hill from the Fugees. And I, I love all uh, Miss Education of Lauren Hill. I bought, I think, the week it came out. I absolutely love it. And it, it's not really my music, but I just love it. The score, I just think, is a fantastic album. Um, and... Um, you know, the, the song Ready or Not, Fuji La, and their version of No Woman No Cry is brilliant. But the, the song I've chosen, my favourite of hers, is from back in the day when she was an actress before she was a singer. Um, well, sorry, she was both. Uh, and that's her version, her, ver- version, her version of um, Joyful Joyful from Sister Act 2. Oh, yeah. In which she is very definitely the star of the show. Um, and it's a brilliant version. She, I, I absolutely love her voice, and I've gone with people who I think are, well, I, I'm a singer, you know that, so uh, people who've got great voices, but also people who have got a real stage presence, are real, you know, very much the, the, the centre of attention, and she absolutely certainly is, even though she's teensy. So, anyway, Lauren Hill is my first or tenth choice. You're bottom on the bottom of the list i have to i have to absolutely agree because uh as you were talking about the miseducation of lauren hill is one of the best albums front to back her singing and her lyricism is above and beyond anything that was there at the time funny how how we were just talking about aretha franklin i saw this little stat i went back aretha franklin returned to the top 40 with the lauren hill produced song a rose is still a rose that's right yeah so Lauren Hill again, not not only a great, but working with some of the other greats, she definitely is a one of a kind. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and nice. redefined redefined rap as well because absolutely. she basically raps like a. If you read about it, she she raps more like a fella, um, and she adapted. She her big her big heroes were all men. They, they were the male rappers, not the female rappers. So she kind of adopted a kind of male way of rapping around the way that she constructed her songs. Oh, so yeah. I just think she's really, really clever. Anyway, so yeah, Lauren Hill. How you brought up Killing Them Softly, she killed that. that was... Oh, it's a wonderful song. Wonderful song. Yeah, it's a great song. As is the original version, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. As, as was uh, Bob Marley's No Woman, No Cry as well. Indeed. That's a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, yeah, it's always right. listed as one of the top albums ever, isn't it? The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Is that, well, has, that X, has that got X Factor on? I think that might be on Rolling Stones, one of their top like 100 albums of all time. Too. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it deserves, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. Pete's probably got that in front of him, the Rolling Stone list. No, listen, I'm very, I'm very abstemious with my references to Rolling Stone. You know my opinion on that particular publication, so let's not go abstemious, too far. Abstemious, abstemious. You're going to have to explain what that means. A steamy Rolling Stone? That sounds something dirty. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's ignore, ignore everything. What you got, Colt? Give us your, give us your. Oh, got, okay, I'm just going to go in for the kill from probably my favourite uh, singer. So you might be able to guess who it is, Pete, if you think... Um, I'm thinking that is she part? Is she part of a duo? Yeah, she was. 
Um, yeah, I think she probably was. So I'll take that one off then. <laughs> she was born. She was born in March 1950. Sadly, passed away in February 1983 at the slight age of 32 years old. Um, she was. She was born in California. She was um, also a drummer, or initially a drummer. Um, and in fact, strangely, I did have a, a weird thing, actually. Yeah, in 75, Playboy readers voted her the best rock drummer ahead of Led Zeppelin's John Bonham. Really? <laughs> Stick that up, your jumper. That says everything you need to know about Playboy readers, frankly, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> they, they probably had other things on their mind. They um, certainly did. Anyway, yeah, she, I mean, I love, it's Karen Carpenter anyway. Um, okay. A bit M.O.R., but a great, I just love her voice. It's so rich, it's full. Uh, it's um, it, it, you're a vocalist, so, so it's like a three octave contralto range. You know what I'm talking about. I do, which and I think is the deepest, the deepest female voice. It is, yeah. Um, and of course, she did uh, raise, sadly, raise awareness, or well, not sadly, raised awareness, but the fact that she she died Victim. from anorexia. Anorexia nervosa, uh, yeah, raise awareness of uh, eating disorders and uh, and body dysmorphia, etc. Um, because no one really, I don't know, did was it a, was it a thing before Karen Carpenter died? In well, we, we, you didn't talk about it in the seventies, did yeah. you? Didn't no, I'm sure didn't. people were suffering from it, but yeah, it wasn't something that it wasn't something didn't that have was, a name. You know, it didn't have a name, so people just suffered silently from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she true, yeah. definitely was a professional singer and passed way before her time. She was amazing. Yeah, fantastic voice. She Beautiful was. Voice. I mean, McCartney, I just have to get Beatle references into these shows. So <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, you're you're going to get a yes, a prog rock. No, I'm not. Course. I've deliberate. I've gone. I've decided I'm going to do a show without mentioning yes. So I'm not mentioning well, you, yes. Well, you've yes. just mentioned it, Pete. So, <laughs> well, no, uh, no, no, uh, you did. McCartney said she was one of the best female voices in the world melodic tuneful and distinctive yeah uh, elton john just said one of the greatest voices of our lifetime lennon who uh went up to an la restaurant apparently and said i want to tell you love i can't do the scouse accent um uh, i want to tell you love you know you you've got a you've got a fabulous voice so i mean and her, her drumming was actually, we're joking about the Playboy readers, her drumming was praised by both uh, Buddy Rich and Hal Blaine. So, um, you know, they must know, know they must know a thing or two. Um, yeah. My favourite song, there's so many, um, but my favourite song is Goodbye to Love. Which would have been my choice too. It's yeah, perfect. oh, there you go. It's perfect. High five. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a perfect song and it's got a perfect guitar solo on it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Aching, great guitar achingly. Beautiful Gorgeous. lyrics. Yeah. Gorgeous. Anyway, Karen Carpenter, she's there for me. And goodbye to love. So we're back to Shawnee Boy. So I have one. I started going a little like uh not I, I didn't want to go too obscure yet. I wanted to start with some of the familiar ones. Another favorite of mine, uh back in the day, kind of changing up the genre and the game at the time, uh, a very famous, uh, beautiful singer, Debbie Harry of Blondie. <laughs> We're definitely going to have some duplicates here. 
Oh, I figured. I've got, I've got Debbie Harry in there as well. But yeah, carry on. I figured some of these would just be kind of like I said, just obvious answers. Now, she, yep. I don't quite know much about her huge back history, but I do know from how she was a big star at CBGB. She was really looked up to but and respected by a lot of other uh, male counterpart bands, and she did kind of kick ass on stage. We were talking about favorite songs again. I hate to keep going with the commercial hits, but uh, what was it? A Heart of Glass? That That's just a kind of, I <laughs> I see the eye roll, but it, it, it's just a kind For of like classic, yeah. It's a classic <laughs> hit, you know? It's something you hear all the time. We all know it to the point where it, it beats us over the head with it, but I still enjoy the song. She's it's a badass. number one, anyway. Yeah, she's the a badass one, woman. Her recordings with the band reached number one the U.S. and U.K. charts on many occasions from 1979 to 2017. Yeah. Any favorite songs you guys like by her, or if you don't like Heart I, of Glass? Yeah, I, I unlike unlike you, Sean. I, Heart of Glass was for me the point where they sort of the band because that's another thing that was probably pretty annoying. That's pretty annoying for the band as well, I'm sure. Um, I think, didn't they have like a, I think I read somewhere that they had like a little badge campaign with badges saying Blondie is a band. Um, really? So they were all wearing them because people were just calling it, well, they were thinking Blondie is is Debbie Harry. It's yeah. Not, it's a band. Um, but yeah, I, I loved the, the time around 77, up to Parallel Lines, where Heart of Glass <laughs> is on, I admit, um, but the the album before that, the, the very early like Ripper to Shreds. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit more punky, a bit more new wavy. Yeah, Heart of Glass um, was more, I think, trying to commercial. I think they were trying to get more mainstream and commercial it's, with yeah, that. Trying to go a bit disco and they, and it, who can argue? I mean it was a massive, massive hit. Exactly. Um, the, the the one that I did like, um I like on the Parallel Lines album, if I were going to choose a song, I put down Picture This, which is from that album. Uh, it was a hit here. I don't know whether it was a big hit in the States or, or not, to be honest. Um, but I, I loved it. Um, her more That was her more talented, more better, yeah. Yeah, and we've got... Um, they, they were still, still a little bit rocky on Parallel Lines. And one way or another... Hanging on the telephone, cover of Hanging on the Telephone. I forget right. who the original was by, but yeah, some really good songs on that. Denis, um, Denis. That was a good song. Denis, well, that's the one. That was on the previous album, Plastic Letters. Yeah, yeah, right. that was, a, was seven that the first, maybe was, that seven first hit, was it? That was our first hit, number two hit in the U, in the UK. And that was the one when you see her prancing around on top of the pops. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It moves me. It moves <laughs> me. Debbie Harry moves a lot of people. But for me, she was behind Claire Grogan, but neither of them are on my list. Anyway. All right, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. I agree with Sean anyway. She was a punk icon um, with the looks and the sound that she had as well. Um, and she had a bit of a solo career as well, didn't she, in the 80s? Had a bit of a duet yeah. with Iggy Pop, I seem to remember. Yeah, she... Uh, well, did you ever? As, who didn't have a cover of that, really, actually? <laughs> Put two stars together. Maybe we could do one. We, maybe we could do one. Um, no, another idea. Let's not. <laughs> I'd say more success singles-wise probably in the UK than they did in, in the US. I mean, we had six number ones here. Um, Heart of Glass being the first thing. Call Me 
definitely on the disco side. I think that was a theme to um, American Gigolo, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah. Uh, and then what else came after that? Tide is High. Um, was, a, was a reggae-ish song. Uh, Rapture, which is also number one, which I believe is still, well, not still, but it is regarded as the first ever rap record to get to number one in the US. Yeah. Well, that probably would have been in 1980, would it have been? I think that was from the Auto American album. Well, Sunday Girl was a big hit as well. Yeah, Sunday Girl was huge. Atomic, all number ones. And then they had a bit of a lull and then uh, got back together and had a number one at the end of the 90s, which right. was Maria. I know you yeah. were making fun of Gwen Stefani earlier, but I think uh, it was saying that Debbie Harry did a uh, did a great song with the Gwen Stefani to the soundtrack of the movie Go. Oh, really? Yeah. Not aware of that one. Not aware of that no, one. Not so you're going Heart of Glass anyway, Sean, yeah? Mm-hmm. You're going Heart of Glass then for Debbie Harry, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite song, but like, if someone puts it on, I'm definitely going to sing along to it. I'm definitely going to get just... up on the table and shake my hips. Barbie's just a message saying Debbie Harry's amazing. And she, and to quote you, they know she even did a great song with Gwen Stefani for the soundtrack to the movie Go. That's, I where, I, that's where I'm reading it from. Oh, that's where you're reading it from. Yeah. Okay. So our live, thought, our live chat. Could, well, I thought you were in, in sync there, the two of you. Deja I'm vu. Feeling, uh, I'm feeling left out here. That's fine. <laughs> we're all good. Right, Pete. Okay, so um, this is the last of my ones, which isn't really a rock front woman. Um, so here we go, Colin, let's see what you've got. By 2017, this artist had eight Grammy Awards, five platinum albums, one gold album. She's a contralto with a three-octave range. She started in the late 70s as the front woman in a funk band called Chapter 8. But it was her solo career that made her name and gave her the Grammys and the Platinum Discs. Mm. And her big, massive, monumental selling album was 1986. It's not. Is that uh, Randy Crawford, maybe? Um, uh, it's not Randy Crawford, but I'd say you were getting warm. Did she pass away uh, back in the... No, she's very alive. Mm, mm. Okay. That's, that's really I'll, alive, isn't it? Very I'll alive. Put you, I'll put you out of your misery. Um, Anita Baker. Anita Baker? Oh. Yeah. And her massive album was Rapture, which mm. had... Um, Sweet Love on it, um, which was um, the previous album, The Songstress, was a brilliant album as well from 83. Um, but but um, Rapture, the rap, the song Rapture itself, uh, Sweet Love was the big single. But actually, my favourite song of hers off is off the album. It's uh, Watch Your Step. Now, you better watch your step or you'll fall and hurt yourself, maybe. It's uh, quite a, quite a uh, what's the word? edgy i guess for her but her voice is just to die for she's got an absolutely fantastic range 
Um, and it's that really rich contralto voice again. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Anita Baker is my number nine. Awesome. Okay. I like that. I like that. She's great. Yeah, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's left field, but it's, uh, yeah. Well, that, that, that actually inspired me with a kind of a, a left field uh, funk addition that I just found that I just I just reminded me a little bit of, of yeah. uh, Miles Davis' ex-wife, Betty Davis. Yes. Brilliant. Betty Davis. Freaking, oh, one of the most amazing singers. Yep. She, she, inspired, she heavily inspired Miles Davis, too, with, uh, what was it, Bitches Brew. Right. Yeah, which is a great album. Yeah, what a fantastic album. Yeah, without her, well, well, yeah, you know, without her, the the lack of progression from jazz uh, itself. Yeah. Are you familiar with Betty Davis, Colin? I'm not. I'm not overly familiar. Yeah. I'm familiar with Miles. Well, you got some, not so familiar with with Betty Davis. Well, you got some great music to listen like to. An actress tonight. from the 1940s, to me. Yeah. Different. Different. That's Beth Davis. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My mum used to like Davis. You were close. No, Betty Betty Davis is amazing. She let me see, uh, nineteen seventy three album. Uh, Betty Davis. Uh, you're th- yeah, you're thinking of Betty Davis with an E. This is Betty yeah, Davis yeah, yeah, with yeah. a Y. Yeah, yeah. American singer. I knew that. Songwriter I, I did it for numerous effects, but <laughs> she had a really. I can't remember the exact album, but she had a lot of polarizing uh, lyrics. It was very sexually charged. People at the time got riled up about her, about her appearance, how she would dress and how she would sing and how she would act on stage. It was very, again, sexually aggressive, very mm-hmm. empowering for women at the time. Yeah, I see the Betty Davis. That must have been a debut album. Uh, yeah, 73. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. So- if you've never heard her, you're going to be pleasantly surprised for some new music for you, bud. Mm-hmm. Okay. We like new music. Yeah, she's like a queen of funk. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah they call it, call it funk rock on here. Oh, yeah. She just passed away, actually. Yeah, very two, recently. Two weeks ago, I think, of cancer. Yeah, yeah she did. Oh, Unfor- really? Unfortunately. Yeah. Rest in peace. I oh, know. Okay. No, I didn't. So is that one of your honorable mentions? You just thought of that? Then, or was that I, I got thing? inspired by Pete. All right. What many people well, do? Sean, many Dick, people Sean do. did say that he was going all over the place, so we'll 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 have we all over the place. Oh yeah, number three. I I just added that to the list, but she definitely deserves to be on the list, not just honorable mention. Okay, that's cool. So I'm putting her as one of my numbers and kicking one of them off. So who's who goes next then? Me or you? Yeah. Then? You have, no, you you me. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, because I've had. Um, well, I've actually technically had three because I've had Debbie Harry, I've had Carrie Carpenter, I've had Aretha Franklin. Uh, let's go for, okay, uh, another one who sadly no longer with us. Um, career over five decades. Uh, she's born in West Hampstead in London. Um, she passed away in March 99. She was 59 years old. Uh, she had, again, for the benefit of Pete and his vocal uh, uh, abilities, a mezzo-soprano sound. It's very blue-eyed soul, um, pop, dramatic ballads. She could do pretty much everything. Also a bit of country, a bit of jazz, 
probably in the 60s, I'd say one of the most successful British performers on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, started off in a little folk trio with her brother. I'll get to who it is in a minute. I'm just trying to eke out some Just sprinkling a little story for us. I like it. Yeah. I'm enjoying this so far. <laughs> folk trio. Um, if I said the name of the trio, you'd probably probably guess it. But she uh, she was in the trio with her brother, Tom. Had um, a number five hit in 1963 with Island of Dreams. Hmm. Uh, Tom went on to become the manager of the Seekers and actually produced a lot of their stuff and co-wrote a lot of their big hits. The solo career probably began in 1963 with a single which got to number four here and it was called I Only Want to Be With You. Hmm. Does that help? I only want to. Probably a biggest hit. Yeah, we know the song. Number one. You don't have to say you love me. Was number one. I'm not talking to you now, Pete. This is a song title. Yeah, no, I got that. You said it's a British, a British woman with blue eyes. Yeah, British woman. British woman. And there was a bit of a lull, and then in uh, '87 she came back uh, with a bang, with uh, well, not literally, I guess, with the Pet Shop Boys. Um, with uh, what have I done to deserve this? Which made number two in the UK and in the US. Between the years of '66 and '69, she had her own TV series in the UK. But then again, who didn't? Scylla did. Scylla Black. Lulu did. Cliff Richard did. They all did, didn't they? Including this lady. And if I if I tell you the um, my favourite track, will that help? My favourite track I've given, well, I've gone for it. Is Son of a Preacher Man. Oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield. I didn't know she was uh, British, was she? Yeah, she was. I never knew that. She was British, but sounded a, a bit American, and she with a with a tone. With, with the, well, with the country sound as well. Yeah, she yeah. went for that kind of like country girl. It seemed yeah. like. Yeah, but Son of a Preacher Man was uh, it was a top ten UK and US that in. Was a good uh, song, it was. Yeah, sixty seven, I think, from the Dusty in Memphis album. Um, but it was her last hit actually until she teamed up with the Pet Shop Boys uh, in '87. I never knew she went and teamed up with the Pet Shop Boys. That's yeah, kind of, what have I? What have I done to deserve this? That was <laughs> she did um, another song with them. I think was it "Nothing Has Been Proved." Hmm. Was that with the Pet Shop Boys? As well? I think. I think it might have been. Um, Son of a Preacher Man also featured in Pulp Fiction, I believe, in '94. Are you asking or telling? No, I'm 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 saying I believe this is true. Okay, okay. I believe you to believe it's true. There's a big old soundtrack, wasn't there, for a pulp fiction. It's so Dusty Springfield is yeah, is my next one. Okay. That's a good pick. She's a great thing. Great thing. That that's yeah, that is that she did she have a great voice. She did. Okay. So I'm gonna um uh we'll we'll, we'll do what we've done, see what see how far we get. This is a lady who, in Hit Parader's list of the greatest heavy metal vocalists of all time, and I would like to say that I don't think she's heavy metal, but anyway, um, in well, she isn't. Um, so, but in that list, she was ranked number seventy-eight in the list of greatest heavy metal vocalists. So that was both genders. Um, she um, was the front woman for the first hard rock band fronted by a woman they had 
top 10 albums, both sides of the pond, in the 70s, 80s, 90s and 2010s. Grief. Not doing very well at this guessing. Like, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, I well, think, oh, yeah, I, I know say, who it is. I and say, then you say, say if I say what her singles are, then, oh, sorry, she's known for her, quote, unquote, operatic abilities and banshee screams. Okay, well, I know sounds damn like well my, it's not going to be Kate Bush. Sounds like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> well, you know that it's, it, <laughs> Kate Bush ain't coming anywhere near any of my list. No, I know. Um, <laughs> She's a Kate Bush. He hates Kate Bush. He hates uh, Kate Bush almost as much as he hates Elvis Presley. Yes. Anyway, so so the big, I mean, loads of hit singles, but the big three, um, Magic Man, Crazy On You and Barracuda. Oh. Oh, heart. heart. Parts. Yeah, the, yeah. the what was it and the Wilson Nancy sisters? Wilson? Anne Wilson. Anne's the singer. But if you if you're gonna go for I mean, I I, I really like her. I think they're I, I think they're terrific. I, there's, there's very they did have a kind of MORE kind of time where they what was that song which was a was it a massive it? I can't remember even the name of it now. Um Alone? But, um, now uh, it'll come to me anyway it doesn't matter but but i think seeing her at her best is their rendition of stay away to heaven at the kennedy center when led zeppelin were inducted into oh, the yeah. hall of fame in front of the obamas and in front of led zepp with john bonham's lad on drums um, with a full gospel choir, all wearing bowler hats in homage to um, uh, to Bonzo. Um, and they absolutely kill it. It's a superb version of, obviously, one of the great songs of all time. Um, and I think she's got an absolutely brilliant voice. And she's a proper, proper front person, front woman, whatever the term is. Mm. Um, and um, And has been doing it since, yeah, since the early 70s. So yeah, she's my she's eighth on my list. Anne Wilson. Yeah, Hart. Anne Wilson. Good old Hart. Jeff Stritch will be proud. I'm sure he. I'm sure he <laughs> love, love a bit of Hart. Right, Sean. What do you got for me next? I did. I did also have Hart on mine because I'm a big fan of Barracuda, and I did see their uh, did induction uh, performance, and it, it was really amazing. I had another band where I believe me, Style, and Colin talked about when we were talking about perfect albums from front to back. One of my favorite, uh, she is actually a favorite singer of mine, uh, Stevie Nicks with Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. I always love, I'm a big fan of Rumors. I, I really liked Rumors. I know some people don't like it. Some people think it's perfect. How could it possibly be? You know, how, how can you criticize something for being perfect? Really, <laughs> it's a good, it's a great album. I think uh, Style was saying he, he he thought it was a bit um, overrated. He was more like it's a good album, yeah, but it's yeah. not a great album. I, based on production alone, I think it's one of the most beautifully produced albums. It just sounds so the harmonies with it sound so perfect. I'm not going to say like all the lyrics and every songs 
mind blowing, but it definitely is a, an album I could put on and front to back listen and almost love every song, no matter how many times I listen to it. It just sounds uh, beautiful. It just sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's a good album. It is a very good album. That's a shame about the, the follow up, really, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, the follow up stunk, stunk the place out. But, uh, yeah, they, you, you, are you a Tusk fan? No, I, it's I, I enjoy Tusk, but the thing is, Fleetwood Mac have more bad songs than they do have good. I, <laughs> if, if only they could have uh, kept doing drugs and, and breaking each other's hearts. <laughs> it, it did all come together on Rumors, didn't it? And I agree with you. She does have a lovely voice. She's not on my list, but um, she's uh, she does have a lovely voice. Yeah, just that just that album alone made me yeah. a- add her. So, which is your favorite track then? Uh, I would say. Oh, let me look it up real quick. Uh, there's one yeah, song. I'll tell you what mine is? Yeah. Mine's obvious. Mine's obvious, um, and it's um, "Go Your Own mine, Way." I think go your own way. Well. What's yours? I'd go "Go Your Own Way" definitely. I, I would. Mine's uh, mine's the chain by yeah. Country Mile. Yeah, I have to go with chain that 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 kind of like lull, and then when the bass comes in, that yeah, th- I love that transition. That that really is kind of like like you said, it is kind of brilliant. I well, it's always it's associated with uh, it's a song associated with Formula One in the UK. It's uh, very much the theme to Formula One coverage. Is it? Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Okay, yeah. is it the theme to Top Gear or not? No, just yeah. That's Jessica Body. Jessica Warren Brothers. Okay. Yeah, Formula One. If you think Formula One, you think Fleetwood yeah. Max the Chain. Yeah. 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 yeah that, ba- yes, that bass is so catchy and it just sounds iconic. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Stevie Nicks, eh? Right. I'm gonna have to go with you then, Pete, next, because I've I've already had four, so you might as well I think you're only <laughs> <had> <laughs> You're not doing well, are you? Um Everyone's okay, bro. Well. So with this one, okay, this one. I'm, it's vaguely left field. It is a front woman of a band. So, um, and I'm just going to say who it is because it, it guessing's silly for this one. So I've gone with Elkie Brooks. Ooh. Well, I've gone with Elkie Brooks from her Vinegar Joe days. So they only did three albums on Ireland. Um, it's with Robert Palmer, yeah? Well, yeah. 1971, they started. Um, they broke up in 74. But that was a band that launched both Elkie Brooks and Robert Palmer's solo Sorry, careers. Yeah. Um, she went on. I mean, he did. He, he when he left, he did um, Sneaking Sally up the alley, and then went into being basically a lounge singer. Um, and Elkie Brooks kind of went more down that kind of bluesy. cabaret, yeah, it's a cabaret bluesy. So. Pearls are singing a lilac wine, fool if you think it's over, sunshine after the rain, all very nice, listenable to songs, um, as they would be, because my ex-wife actually loved Elkie Brooks in that era. But the era of Elkie Brooks that I loved was the Vinegar Joe era. Um, and in particular, and have a look at it on Old Grey Whistle Test, um, Proud to be a Honky Tonk Woman, which they did live uh, in 1973 on, um, on the OGWT. And um, she, for me, is the UK's Janis Joplin. Uh, in that era, she was gutsy and raw and dirty. It not, I mean, it was a person that I don't wish to insult Elkie. I mean, her voice um, had that kind of smoky, raw, gritty sound. Absolutely. And on those three, 
on those three Vinegar Joe albums, she's brilliant. So yeah, she's my uh, she's my number six. Well, as you say, even on her, some of her solo stuff, like Pearl's a singer. She's she's yeah, very yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you can imagine she's just yeah in a bar, uh, smoking and yeah. drinking. Yeah, exactly, and singing yeah. while she's uh, yeah yeah. But that version of Proud to Be Hungry Tongue Woman is absolutely brilliant. So it's it's her at her it's her at her best. I don't know whether Vinegar Joe were big in the States, were they? Uh, Sean, do you know of them? No, not really. I don't think I've even oh. heard of that. Brooks. To be honest. It, are, oh, well, that's, that, that's a, a, a nice piece of research for you. I'll have to listen have to that look, tonight. Have a look for Proud to be a Honky Tonk Woman. It's on YouTube. It's um, it's brilliant. I do, join, I do enjoy some good old-fashioned country. Me and uh, Shaggy were talking about that when... I was telling him about uh, how I liked kind of Blaze Foley and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that'll, right. Be, that'll be exciting to listen to. So Elkie Brooks. Elkie Brooks. And Joe. So yeah, okay, Elkie Brooks. Got it down. Um, is it me again then? Should we go me again? It is. It's you. All right, okay. I'm going again. Established acts. Big acts. Retired now. Problems with the voice. Uh, but she, she's still alive. Um, she was born in July 1946. You can do the maths there. What's that? 70. I think you're about to choose someone that I've also got. Right. So, okay. Um, all right. Rock country, light opera. She's won 11 Grammy Awards. You've probably got all these stats to hand as well. If it's the no, same. It, it may well be that no, I th- I, we might be going off track here. Anyway, I'll keep going. Two Academy of Country um, awards uh, as well. Uh, um, of her 38 US hit singles, 21 made the top 40, 10 made the top 10, and she had a number one single in 1974, I think it was, with You're No Good. Oh, great song! Who's the singer? It's, it's not one I've got. She had. A, um, she didn't have so many hits in the UK. Had a couple of duets. Uh, one with uh, James Ingram, somewhere out there. I think that's from a Disney film. That's a good song. And also with Aaron Neville. I don't know much. A big album, probably. I mean, she had a few, but the one that really hit when she hit the big time, I would say, was in '75 which was the album Heart Like a Wheel. And, I mean, she originated um, in the late 60s with the Stone Ponies in the band. Uh, Hung around with people like Glenn Fry, Don Henley, John David Souther, etc., all of the usual, Bernie Leiden. The the, um, Laurel Canyon. Any guesses? Any guesses? Doesn't Sean, sound familiar. Stone Ponies. Linda Ronstadt. Oh, Linda I was going to say Stone Ponies sound familiar. Linda yes, Linda oh. Ronstadt. Um, she sung Heat, my... Heat Wave, right? Or... Sorry? I'm trying to think of Linda Ronstadt. Okay, no, just go ahead. Yeah, Heat Wave. Heat okay, Wave. Yeah, okay. she did cover Heat Wave. Yeah, she, she was great at covering some songs. Um, she was, yeah, she is an amazing singer. I mean, she did a great cover of Desperado, the Eagles song. And she did she do um, Fall If You Think It's Over as well? Fall If You Think It's Over? Not no. that I'm aware of, no. But she did she did a few Everly's, a few Buddy Holly songs. Yeah. I mean, the, the the song I've taken is from uh, Heart Like a Wheel, and it's When Will I Be Loved, which is the Everly uh, song. 
Don Everly's song. Everly Brothers recorded it. Like an up-tempo country rock version of the, of the Everly Brothers song, basically. It was the, her first number one country hit as well. Um, yeah, but she she did, oh, she did, uh, she did Heat Wave, definitely. Uh, I Can't Let Go, The Hollies. Um, just One Look also, I think, was The Hollies cover she did. But I just loved Linda Ronstadt in that era, in the mid-70s. Yeah. Um, and I was talking about light opera. We, we rather embarrassingly, you went to, um, well, it, the stories are embarrassing for me, actually, but <laughs> on, on um, our honeymoon, my and Sarah's honeymoon in 1988, we were in California, and I saw, and I love Linda Ronstadt, one of my heroines, um, one of my idols from my youth, along with Olivia Newton-John, I think. Um and we saw signs, posters for her performing at the, oh, I don't know what the name of the theatre was, Pantages, is it? They did, I think they used to do the Oscar ceremony there in Hollywood Boulevard anyway. Um, but it was in Spanish, the title. And I thought, and, and Sarah was saying, well, we're not going to see that. That's like an opera or something, isn't it? It's not. And I, I wanted, I turned up expecting to see us, in, you know, banging out Buddy Holly tunes. Um, but and no, it was, it was all in Spanish. And it was, yeah, like, Cancione de mi Padre or something it was called. A bit embarrassing. But I can say I've seen Linda Ronstadt live anyway. Nice. Not as I'd like to, but um, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, that wasn't a sort of a crude, a crude joke. I was just going to say, what did I mean, we have to discuss about her being one of the posters on the bench in the 70s? Yeah, I wanted to um, yeah, see her sing those songs because she she's a great singer. Yeah. Um, sadly, her uh, voice has, has gone now. She's, she's, uh, she's not singing anymore. Born in Tucson, Arizona. Linda Ronstadt for me. So off to uh, Sean. I went with uh, another little well-known, but not as great of a run. <clears throat> I chose really uh, an actual favorite of mine. I, I watched a little documentary on them a while ago. It was cool to see how they started and I don't know if I'd say the rise to fame, but uh, the runaways, I really, (laughs) I really love Sherry Curry, but then also not only that Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, which Joan Jett. Yeah. Yeah. Joan Jett. I'm a huge fan of Joan Jett. Like if I had to choose Joan Jett or runaways, uh, runaways, you know, cherry bomb, they, they, they struck gold with that. But Joan Jett alone is such an amazing musician. I yeah, fantastic. Let me see. I have a little facts. Runaways uh, were from 1975 to 1979, released four studio albums and one live album during this run. After that, Joan Jett, the uh, main guitarist, she went uh, solo, uh, became a little famous for some of her uh, uh, covers as I Love Rock and Roll, which uh, hit yep. number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for seven weeks in 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, covering Crimson and Clover, uh, Do You Want to Touch, Bad Reputation, talking about favorite songs. Bad Reputation, that, uh, I feel like, I know, again, that's kind of like an overplayed song, but that's a badass song. I, I think Bad, Repu- Bad Reputation is one of mine, because that's just perfect for, if you know Joan Jett, that's perfect for her. I'm really pleased you chose her, because I was um in an iron about whether to make her my number 11, and I ended up binning her and I thought well I hope someone else does because I agree with you I think she's she's got a great voice I mean I I like Cherry Bomb I thought the Runaways were fun right but um but, but Joan, but Joan Jett. Jett 
just she was the star definitely that's that's definitely what was great that blossomed out of that because you could tell runaways was kind of just like something pieced together and while great joan jett is really kind of the star of 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 where it was going yep what, what do we know any other names of the runaways? We've got Sherry Curry and we've got Joan Chet. Well, there were two others. There, there were two others. It started with the 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 drummer uh getting looking at these looking at these stats. Because they they didn't have uh Sherry at first. They found her in a bar and they kinda put her as just like, Hey, here's some kind of like really pretty blonde that we could put. And yeah, she obviously like was able to sing and stuff, but let me see. When I, in the mid seventies, I mean, I was list, I was big into listening to the punk singles that were yeah. coming out, buying singles left, right, and center in 1976, 1977, uh, in particular. And the Runaways came out around about that time. And I remember having the seven inch, probably still got it in my loft somewhere here, uh, of the Runaways singing "School Days." Yeah. Okay. School, school days. So I have it. It's uh, drummer, yeah, drummer Sandy West. Sandy West, that's probably the name I was thinking of. Bassist Mickey Steele, and then uh, Joan Jett moved to rhythm guitar when they got lead guitarist Lita Ford. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Lita Ford Her uh, also, yeah, she also went on to do some pretty badass stuff. Well, too. She really kicks ass, yeah. Lita Ford. So that's Great my, so while my, so while my choose is Runaways, it's mainly on heavily leaning on Joan Jett, yeah. Only heavily leaning on Joan Jett. Oh, yeah. And why not? And why not? Okay, it's funny, though, all these all-girl bands, though, they split up. That individually, they do go on and have big... Yeah. I'm thinking of the Go-Go's as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, with, uh, obviously, Belinda Carlisle and... Um, oh, Jane Wheedling. And oh, who's the other one? Anyway, I, just, I can't think of the others, but I've, yeah, well, I've had my own, I've had my only all girl band, and that was hard. So okay, I'm, I'm I'm done with the all girl bands. What have you got next then? Okay, so here we go. This one you should get very very easily. Nicknames: the Acid Queen and the Chrome Nun, which is a weird one amongst others. Um. Mm. In a, two bands, four solo albums, retired in 1990 and went into performance art, etc. Um, still is very much alive and kicking in her well into her 70s. Um, born Grace Barnett Wing, changed her name to Grace Slick and was... Oh. Could the, it be Grace Slick? It was Grace Slick, yes. Uh, and she me. was. Uh, she started off in um, in a band called The Great Society, um, and then she was asked by Jack Cassidy to join Jefferson Airplane, and she did it because quote unquote they were run professionally, brackets as opposed to the Great Society, um, and. Um, Obviously, she was responsible then for singing on all of their great songs, um, of which the one I would pick is White Rabbit, just because it's one. It is a classic. We talked about it in the 67 show, didn't we? Um, And that uh, that album is uh, is is very much of its uh, of its genre. But what I like about her in particular, and this is my 
love of people who are a bit rebellious and a bit, you know, stick a finger up at society. Um, she, um, in 1968, she went on the Smothers Brothers show, which apparently was a big thing in the States. Yeah, um, that was big. And um, did the... Um, did the Black Panther raised fist like um, like um, the guys at um, at the Mexico Olympics, okay. Um, okay. and then she's famous. Yeah, that was the one. Um, and then she's famous because in 1969 on the Dick Cavett show, she became the first person ever on TV to say the word mofo, which <laughs> in her, which in my book makes her a legend <laughs> yeah why not so, there we go. so grace slick great voice brilliant stage presence absolutely the center of the band and um whether it's airplane starship was she, whether she, it's jefferson airplane jefferson starship or just starship yeah was she still in the band then when the it's often much maligned period in starship's career like we've we built this city well, well this is really there, interesting. she was, yes, she yeah. was. And she talks about that now because apart, I mean, we built this city is universally derided as being a bit shit. And, and I, I don't really understand why, because it, because if you're comparing it with Jefferson airplane, it's just a totally different sound. But if you are, if you're looking at what was coming out in the mid eighties with all the, yeah. Yeah, all that hair metal stuff. It was just a song like all of the others. Mm. And um, so, you know, it's not the greatest song in the world. And she kind of laughs about it now and says, oh, you know, we were told to produce a commercial hit. So we did. And it was. Um, but I don't think it's as bad as everybody says. I'm, I'm sure I'll, there'll be loads of people now battering the uh, email saying what the help you know the, the man's losing his mind um but yeah. <laughs> what's sticky been thinking and um, but I, yeah i don't think it's as bad as all that but but the early stuff the jefferson airplane stuff is brilliant so anyway yeah she's my she's my number five excellent okay um yeah i do i do love a bit of grace slick from uh, from the early period of uh, of jefferson airplane um Right, onto me, onto my one. Um, one that has sadly passed away again. Another lady who's passed away well before, way too young, way too young. Um, she was born in 1963, February 63, passed away in November 1996. So she was only 33 years old wow. when she died. Kind of was angry. unaware really of the success that she has um achieved okay i know who it is you know who it is yeah. it's eva cassidy it's eva cassidy yeah yeah Beautiful. um i don't know whether or not is she big in the states uh sean eva cassidy not that big but then again, I'm not like a huge fan of hers, so I don't know how well known or how popular she is. But mm. I could be wrong. She's, a, I mean, behind Karen Carpenter, I'd say probably she's my second favorite. Beautiful second voice, favorite female voice, absolutely stunning voice. A bit of jazz, folk, blues interpretations that she did, um, in a very powerful, emotive, and um soprano 
voice. I mean, she she was she was excellent. Um, it was only two years after her death that uh, on the radio here in the UK, um, her, some of her songs were were being played. Um, Fields of Gold, a cover of Fields of Gold by Sting, and probably what became her signature tune, which was her version, her interpretation of Over the Rainbow, which is absolutely stunning. Um, which is probably album. the track that I would choose. When you, she, she did um, a Live at the Blues Alley, it's a great album. It was released. Uh, it only really became famous and big after she passed away. But um, yeah, that was the version. that they, I think they showed it on Top of the Pops. Uh, one week and her version of Over the Rainbow recorded live at she's just playing acoustic guitar, playing the song, singing Where's the song. Where's she from, Colin? Where's she from? She's born in uh, DC. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah. Um, another another great version of that she did was Bridge Over Troubled Water, yeah. which uh, was was stunning, basically. Um, again, they're all posthumous hits. She had three number one albums and one UK, one UK number one single. And the single was a duet with Katie Mellower, which was the um, classic What a Wonderful World, Louis Armstrong's uh, What a Wonderful World. Um, her highest US charting album was Imagine in 2002, which still only made number 32. But Eva Cassidy, that's my next one. Beautiful, gorgeous voice. Thank you very much. And Eva Cassidy does as well. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you got Sean. So this is an actual perfect uh, segue when you were saying her cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. One of my choices (laughs) is the great Dame Judy Garland. Judy Garland. I, I am a big fan, honestly, of Judy Garland. Every Christmas I watch... Her Christmas special, she's been on the Dean Martin show. She's a lovely actress, uh, entertainer, singer. Uh, sad, very sad Hollywood story, uh, beginnings of how Hollywood could just destroy a, a beautiful woman and her soul. She was, let's see, Garland was the first woman to win the Grammy Award for Album of the Year. She won for her 1961 live recording, Judy at Carnegie Hall which I actually do own, and it's pretty freaking amazing. She she knows how to just command a whole audience, a whole auditorium. She also she made a record-breaking concert appearances, uh, released eight studio albums, hosted her own Emmy-nominated television series, The Judy Garland Show, from 1963 to 1964. And uh, several of her recordings have been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame and in 1999, the American Film Institute ranked her as the eighth greatest female screen legend of classic Hollywood cinema. Wow. She's a, she's a star, deservedly so, by everything she fought and scraped for. And I got to say, she's got one of those classic, old, beautiful voices. Before I was joking about, I didn't really want to choose like a Celine Dion or Cher type, but... Honestly, Judy Garland is one that kind of stands above all those women and shines on her own merits. Yeah, beautiful voice. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Not in my list, but yeah, definitely a great voice. Um, and she was um, obviously died too young. One of um, her, the last, the last, it's so heartbreaking if you guys ever get the chance to look at it, but the last video of her ever singing is when she's, uh, 
she's on the Judy Garland show. It's it's weird because I'm pretty sure she's in blackface <laughs> as like a, a ch- but as a coal sweeper. So it's not like blackface. It's like supposed to be the coal, but you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. But she's singing somewhere over the rainbow and she's crying and her voice is crackly and it's getting kind of older. And you could just tell that the wear of everything is starting to break her down. And then a couple weeks later, she OD'd and died. Mm. So it's really tragic to see a beautiful soul, a beautiful light like that gets snuffed out by the world. In her forties, well, she's in her forties, I think. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't that yeah, old. Yeah. She wasn't that old. Age forty-seven, forty-seven when she died in yeah, England. Yeah, yeah she was in addicted. To, uh, yeah, she was addicted to barbiturates and a lot oh, of yeah, medication yeah, and stuff. I saw. Uh, I saw the film that came out. The movie that came out uh, a couple yeah. of years ago. With, who uh, who played her again? Uh, uh, Bridget Jones. Um, yeah. Renee Zellweger. Yeah, Renee Zellweger. And Renee she, Zellweger. She yeah. killed she it, as... it very well. Yeah. Did she win an Oscar for it? I I don't remember if she won an award, but won. she was. She won. She was a great garland, and she even sung some. I think she sung. Uh, that was a real voice singing. Yes, I think she did. But yeah, Judy Garland's my vo- uh, one of my picks. Oh, She's a beautiful classic singer. Okay. We like classic singers. We do. Then, Pete, what have you got now? Okay, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you the background. So this is a lady from Bolton in the north of England. North England. Right, so she's from Bolton. She's a vocalist, a songwriter, and a painter. And she studied as an opera singer under Sybil Knight in 1970, before she joined the band in 1971, with whom she still is. And astoundingly, she's a soprano, but she has, and get this, a five-octave vocal range. That's just showing. Five (laughs) freaking octaves. Most, I mean, good is three, around three. So five, I think, is Mariah Carey standards of um, of vocal range. And she is Annie Haslam, the voice of progressive rock. And she's the lead lead singer of Renaissance, who, as you know, are one of my very, very favourite bands. Loads of loads of albums. Um, best known for Northern Lights, which mm. got to number ten in the UK chart in 1978. Don't know whether it charted in the states, um, but actually they were they were better accepted in America than they were in the UK, which is why their their big live album, which I've talked about several times before on this podcast. Um, mm-hmm was live at Carnegie Hall, and they very much appealed to an American audience. Um, but Northern Lights, everybody thinks it's a song about the Aurora Borealis. Uh, it's not. It's actually about wanting to go home to Bolton, um, which is kind of weird, but... Um, as, as, as you would. As, as, you, as you do. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but, the, um, but the song I've chosen, and I'm only because... When you've got, I mean, I've talked about Ashes of Burning several times. It's my favourite song of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but when you've got such an astounding vocal range, you need something which kind of plays across the whole piece. Um, and the 
their 1975 album, uh, I think it might have been 74, no, 75, um, called Scheherazade and Other Stories. Um, and the whole of the second side is a nine-part kind of story about Scheherazade, so called the Song of Scheherazade. Um, and it's it's a wonderful piece of music, um, kind of pseudo-classical, as a lot of their stuff is, but it absolutely shows her voice off in spades. Um, so, I mean, I could have chosen pretty well anything they do because I love them and, and her voice is just wonderful. Um, but that's the one I would pick, Song of Sherazade. So, yeah, Annie Haslam. Should have guessed Annie Haslam. You've got to get your prog rock in there, haven't you? Um, yeah, so well, I mean, yeah, that's the only opportunity I've had. I'm very depressed about it. It's not enough <laughs> oh, female singers. Anyway, well, I'm going to quickly move on then to my next one, who is, and again, someone who died way too young, only 30 when she died in 1963 uh, in a plane crash, I believe. One of the most influential voices of the 20th century. Oh. Aaliyah? Successfully Aaliyah? crossed over from country to pop. First major country and pop hit was Walking After Midnight. But her, her big hit that everyone remembers before is Crazy. Which is a major hit in the US, certainly. Not not here until ooh, probably the nineties, I don't think actually. Um yeah, she she had in fact she you know the song, it's Patsy Klein anyway. Oh. Yeah. Um she, I mean, she called it crazy. It's country, Pete. So you're not as keen on the country music, are you? Uh, no, I'm absolutely not. Um, but and she's I got a great voice. She's got a great voice. Um, uh, a real forerunner for women in country music, I'd say. Um, crazy, she recorded. She re she recorded um, when we did the country songs, uh, the country artists show a couple of weeks ago with Ags Connolly. Uh, we both picked the same song and it was by Patsy Klein and it was actually I Fall to Pieces um, which was another great hit uh, that was a, actually that was her first number one hit first one number one country hit anyway um, Crazy um, she recorded she was in a near fatal car accident she was in a lot of accidents wasn't she she shouldn't have got in cars shouldn't have got in planes um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, she recorded Crazy whilst on crutches, believe it or not. Um, an amazing, an amazing song. She's got a great voice. What It makes you think, a lot of these acts back in the 50s, 60s, why did they get on planes? I mean, Jim Reeves. Yeah. Otis Redding. Big Bopper. In the 70s as Big well, Bopper, Buddy Holly, of course, yeah. Yeah. John Denver, Leonard Skinner. I mean, John you know. Denver, yeah, Leonard Skinner, yeah. Don't that go near a pretty much all of them. Yeah. John Denver was on his own in a little self-made plane, wasn't he, or something? Or... Little, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway, that's my my song, my pick is I Fall to Pieces. Patsy Klein. Great singer. Bit of country, bit of country music for you. She she passed away uh on a on a plane crash? Yeah, in nineteen sixty three. I did not know that. Yeah. That's sad. That's sad that we lost so many great uh musicians like that. 
She was the first, uh, also in 1973, the first female to be inducted into the Country Hall of Fame. Nice. Right. You got a choice. Patsy. Patsy. What you got, Sean? Sean? I got, I got something that's going to be a little out of left field that I don't think you guys might agree with, but I also don't think you guys would have been expecting. Let me see. Where's the camera at? I got to go. I got to go with my girl. Britney. Britney Spears. <laughs> I got to go with my generation. The benefit of those listening on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wearing a Britney Spears <laughs> shirt. Is displaying his- I pulled down my pants and I'm wearing a yes. Britney Spears Speedo. <laughs> well, as long as it's not a thong. You have to pay extra to see this, people. So Britney Spears, <laughs> she is referred to as the princess of pop, saying that uh, teen pop, which I didn't even know it, it was a thing, but teen pop was a thing during the early 90s and, uh, uh, and early 2000s. It started to die, thank God. But uh, Britney Spears brought it back, and that's why she's referred to as the queen of pop. She has done a lot. Spears has sold nearly 150 million records worldwide, including over 70 million solely just in the U.S., making her one of the world's best-selling music artists. She, first week, where is it? Uh, First week sales of over 1.3 million copies of Oops, I Did It Again held the record for fastest-selling album by female artists in the United States for over 15 years. She is one of uh, the best-selling teenage artists of all times. That's crazy. She's achieved six number one albums on the Billboard 200, four number one singles on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and also a lot of her other songs that have made uh, debuts. She also, what was it, her heavily choreographed videos under the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. As people know, she did a Vegas residency for a while and toured, even playing against her own will. Unfortunately, we found out with all the sad conservatorship that her family and her father put her through and now she's free to live her own life and make her own choices which is what we all want to do and which we all deserve to do so that's great for her i put her up there not only as an amazing singer but as an amazing person and someone that has achieved all this while living the life she had to wow it's like the judy garland of our time no (laughs) (laughs) yes Oh, very young, certainly very young. Um, yeah, I don't mind a bit of Britney. Don't mind a bit of Britney. Did, did, did they make her go on um, onto the? She was a, a, a guest. Uh, she was a judge on a TV panel show. Was she, was it American Idol or X Factor or uh, one of those things? Now I don't I remember, but it definitely was one of those. I can't remember which one it was now. No, I'm sure she was one of them anyway. Uh, or maybe it was America's Got Talent. But yeah, she was a judge oh, on some. She was a judge on a talent show for a while, for a brief stint. All those things were basically just her father forcing her to do to get more money out of her. She never wanted to, so it's really sad to see what has happened to her. But despite all that, she keeps being a badass, talented musician and a woman. Barbie's just said, uh, yes, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> hey. She also, it, mentioned, I, she also I, mentioned Leanne Rhymes as well. So there's another yeah. one for us on the list. One of the things I hold against one of my kids, Seth, is uh, the fact that the first thing we ever bought for him was the first Britney single as a cassette, huh? which he used to listen to on the little cassette player on his bedside table. 
And now that he's 27, married with two kids, I raise this regularly yeah. just to let his wife know what it was that he, you know, what he was like when he was young. So, I'm sure it's better so, he, he asked for that than the Backstreet Boys won. Well, that, <laughs> I, would, I would rather he'd ask for Black Sabbath. But anyway, here yeah. we are. We, we're moving, moving swiftly on. Does he still listen okay. to it? I mean, does he sort of say, you know... Just, I, I shouldn't have thought so. Well, wife. not least of which, because no one's got a cassette player, have they? Maybe, <laughs> just, maybe just one more time. <laughs> it was one more time. That's the one. Yes, that's that was the song in question. Right, tell me. Okay. Moving on from Britney. Moving on from right, Britney. So I've now chosen my... Um, one of my two bad girls, and I absolutely love this woman, um, and I love her band, and I love the sound. So she was a model and an actress and a songwriter and then a lead singer. Russian ancestry, although American. Um, we don't talk about the Russians, by the way. Uh, and she played Cindy Lou Who in The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Oh. which um, is an absolutely terrible film, and I can't believe anyone watched it. But anyway, that's my little piece of film criticism. Um, and she is Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless, and since 2009. Um, they've supported Evanescence. They've supported Marilyn Manson. Um, first album was Light Me Up in 2010, which got to number six in the UK. Um Second album was Going to Hell in 2014, uh, which got to number five on the billboard. Um, and the single off that, Heaven Knows, is the song that I've chosen. Um, it's, uh, it's, the one, yeah, it's the one that got me into them, but um, I like all of their stuff. Um, that got to number five on the billboard. No, sorry, that got to number one on the rock radio charts. Um, next album, Who You're Selling For, was 2016. Big single off that was Take Me Down. That got to number one on the billboard. And the new album, February 2021, Death by Rock and Roll, um, which is a great song, but there is an absolutely brilliant track on that called 25, which is the best Bond theme song, which was never a Bond theme. It, it, when you listen to it, you go Bond theme. It, it's it, Everything about it just screams Bond theme. Um, but obviously it, it never wasn't, never wasn't, was. but she's, she is, she's got a brilliant voice. She's absolutely kick-ass. She's right in your face. Um, she's, I just love her and she's just, I love the Pretty Reckless. They're a great band. Um, and she is just terrific. So yes, she's my number four. I honestly say I have never heard of any of their songs well okay so one thing for me to look out the, for the videos are brilliant on youtube look for um heaven knows take me down and then death by rock and roll which one's your pick heaven knows heaven knows okay and it's a, you know when you get a song you know you get a song where basically it sounds a bit like a football chant so it's it, it's a lot of stomp it's it, it's got a it's got a real back kind of stomp to it, like you, you, everyone's stamping their feet. It's not; it's the drums, obviously. Um, and um, and then the chorus is just sounds like a football chant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a great song. Um, yeah, and I love them to bits. They're my they're my favourite, um, my favourite modern rock bands that haven't been around for you know ever. Okay, and that's a pretty reckless one at the band. But Taylor Momsen. Taylor Momsen. Yeah. Okay. 
Right, here's a name that you probably definitely... Uh, do you know Taylor Monson, uh, Sean, or is it just me? I don't believe so. No, okay, it's not just me then. So he's, 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 he's definitely gone left field there. Definitely gone left well, field. I haven't really, because anybody who's a rock fan will know the Pretty Reckless. I mean, they get played all the time. I mean, they okay. were number one on the billboard. I mean, you know, you can't... can't get You can't, can't get more... Uh, yeah. CBW plays them. CBW plays them. Yeah, okay. if you want to hear music like that, great music, listen to CBW listen Radio. Listen to CBW Radio. Well, there we go. Now you know. Planet Rock does too. Right. Anyway. My next one is uh, it's another. Um, well, she's no longer with us, but she was 70 when she died. Singer, songwriter, musician, arranger, and civil rights activist. Um. Classical, blues, jazz, folk, R&B, gospel, pop. Um, she, she was born Eunice Kathleen Wayman, uh, but she was renamed um, to, to this name to disguise herself from, from her family because she had chosen to play the devil's music, as it were. <laughs> um, <laughs> She was told in a nightclub she'd have to sing her own accompaniment, uh, which effectively launched her career as a jazz vocalist. Um, she had 40 albums between 1958 and 1974. The style fusing, as I said, gospel and pop and a bit of classical music, in particular Bach, um, with an accompanied expressive, Jazz-like singing, and there's that word again, contralto voice, is another one. One big US hit-ish um, um, in 1959, which was actually called I Loves You, Porgy. Uh, but my top track, and again, great voice, mainly from the 60s, I remember, my top track is My Baby Just Cares For Me. Hmm. And it is... Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Oh. Yeah. Nina Simone. Okay. Great voice. And feeling good, she did as well, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she had a terrific yeah. voice. I can't yeah. think of anything else to say about Nina, so we'll we'll move on. And let's how long we got? We're gonna have to run through these, aren't we? How many more we got? We've got, we've only got, we've got three three to go, but I think you've some of yours you've missed. I mean, I've got three on my list because so somehow I've managed not to have the same as anyone else so far. Right, okay. Uh, right, Sean, have you got any? Sure. More? You got? So here's one that I don't quite listen to as much as I'd like to, but I've heard a lot of great things about her, so I just know that she deserves to be here. Joni Mitchell. Okay. Joni Mitchell. Uh, Joni Mitchell. She uh, 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 she's uh, got over. Uh, she has nine Grammy awards. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997, Rolling Stone called her one of the greatest songwriters ever. And all music is stated when the dust settles, Joni Mitchell may stand as the most important and influential female recording artist of the late 20th century. Can't argue with that, Joni Mitchell. I think she's one one of the one of the better, certainly one of the best female. Singer songwriters around, and I don't. I didn't put her in. Another um, another one that I would put there with Joni Mitchell that some people would agree, but maybe disagree. I, uh, Janis Joplin. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised Pete hasn't got Janis Joplin in. 
Well, actually, strangely, I have any minute now. So we'll all right, come okay. To come on to that next then. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Joni Mitchell, and uh, the Blue Album, I think, is my favourite of hers. I prefer pissing on someone's lawn, but um... <laughs> yes, or hissing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, Blue, of course, was from the classic year of rock, nineteen seventy-one. Yeah, recorded yeah, at the Mitchell. same time. Recorded at the same that. time as Tapestry in the yeah. same studio. Yes. Tapestry, another. Album. Yeah, yeah Carol King's another one. Yeah. I've got so many on my reserve list here, but yeah, can't have them all. Um, yeah, Joni Mitchell. Can't argue with Joni Mitchell. Got to be in. Had to be in one of our lists. I'm glad you had it in, sure. Well, I, I didn't choose it because she fell into my singer-songwriter, plays a guitar thing, but as a voice, she you know, obviously counts. Are you going to give us Janis Joplin now, then? Well, no, Janis Joplin's my number two, so I can either do Janis Joplin now... Yeah, do Janis now. Yeah. All right, so if you'd have asked me three years ago and who's your favourite female singer, Janis Joplin, um, she's now been supplanted by the person you know I'm going to choose as number one. Um, but, so, um, Janis, um, um, what can you say about Janis Joplin? Her died at 27 of a heroin overdose... And in just a very, very short career, just became one of the iconic voices of popular music. Voted the ugliest man on campus at university, which I felt was very unfair. Um, she was um, de described as a powerful mezzo-soprano with electric stage presence. And I think for me, what I love about her is that she... She does have, I mean, she's obviously she's an absolutely unique voice, um, which, and I, I know, you know, it, it's one of those, it's a real Marmite voice. So you either love it or hate it. You can't be half measures with Janis Joplin, really, can you? Um, but what made her was her stage presence. You look at some of the old footage of her, especially playing places like the Fillmore, she's just, she's just brilliant. Um, the song I've chosen is Peace of My Heart, um, which is my, which is my favourite. Um, but only three albums, two with two with Big Brother and the Holding Company, um, one with the Full Tilt Boogie Band, which was which was her band. But, you know, she played Woodstock. She had five singles that made the Billboard 100. Her cover of me and Bobby McGee um, with Chris, you know, the Chris Christopherson song got to number one in March 71, which was six months after her death in L.A. She was number 28 on the greatest singers of all time. And for someone who had a career of only four years, five years, four years, yeah. 18.5 million albums yeah, sold in total. And she also was the Rolling Stone, thought I'd mentioned that magazine, yeah. um, number 46 <laughs> on the 100 greatest artists of all time. So in the top half, and, you know, what else can you say? She absolutely iconic sound um, presence and very much part of that whole Summer of Love, 67 hippie drug culture. Flowers in your hair culture. Mm. She, um, was she, she was a part of uh, the 27 Club, correct? Or... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with Hendrix Because, like and, you said, she oh, only four Morrison? years, uh, she was just getting started. She, she would have, yeah, she was out, just getting started. She came out I mean, if she hadn't died, she would have been, yeah. she, her output would have been astounding. Her discography you know? would have been insane. Yeah, yeah, it would. I've got a really good album of her with the 
um, with um, uh, Big Brother, yeah, uh, yeah, which is which is a it's a live recording, um, and That's it's funny. done. It was put together later. It, it was from original tapes, and it was by the guy who ran who was doing the mixing desk at the live performance, and everything's in mono. So I've got it on CD, but when you play it, it's it sounds like a real old school recording because basically what he did was just shove some mics around the concert hall and record it into one desk. Um, and the net result, of, I can't remember what the album's called now, but I picked it up a few years ago, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's uh, absolutely at her best. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, Janis Joplin had to be there. And as I say, would have been my number one. Me and me and Bobby McGee, I think, is awesome song. That's brilliant. Song. It's a great song, and her rendition of it is superb. Given, I think I'm right in saying, did we not say that she was? It, she died about three days after she recorded. Yes, that she did. Song. Yeah, it was the last thing she recorded. Oh, it was wow. the last thing she ever recorded. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it was. It's, and that was it's, the last thing they put on the album, wasn't it? Because she'd done Mercedes Benz, which was going to be the single, which was then mm. released, wasn't it? And also hey. the other tidbit of information, of course, me and Bobby McGee was the only the second posthumous US number one single. The first being Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay back in 1967. Which I think we talked about in the 67. I think we probably did, yeah. Um, okay, Janice Joplin. Me? Yeah. I'll throw in, a, I suppose, a bit of a left field one then. Um what can we say about this? She was, uh, she's still around as well, thankfully. Uh, May 74, she was born. Singer, songwriter, musician, actress, and author. She had four Grammy no- uh, nominations. Uh, over 30 million albums sold worldwide. Uh, she began writing, performing at uh, clubs and coffee houses in San Diego. Eventually, Atlantic Records signed her. And her debut album in 19... 19- 95 was it uh was pieces of you which was one of the best-selling debut albums of all time 12 times platinum 12 um, times that's what he says Blimey. um who will save your soul was the a hit from it and she had two number two hits as well you were meant for me and foolish games um i got into actually in the very early 2000s um with an album called This Way, um, which oh, is we're talking, the last, we're talking Jewel. Jewel mm. Kilcher. Kilcher. Do you know Jewel? No. There you go. Of. See, and look, anyone that knows the rock music, Pete. The singer should Jewel? Know, should know Jewel. Um, <laughs> uh, after, I'm rubbish, uh, I give in. After, <laughs> I suppose it is a bit folky, maybe. It certainly was initially a bit folky. Um, after the This Way album, which I certainly got into, which is the one I've chosen my track from, um, she did a, sort of went a new direction around in 2003, went a bit more away from the folk orientated stuff and uh, had more electronic arrangements and dance pop um, sort of sound. So boo for me on that one. But um, in 2008, she had a first country album as well, perfectly clear. The song I want to pick is from the This Way album. In fact, it closed the album. It was called Sometimes It Be That Way. It's just her and acoustic guitar. And it's Jewel. Oh, I'll have to uh, give her a listen then, won't I? Barbie's just 
said Jewel is amazing. So Barbie knows. <laughs> Barbie normally does. Barbie normally does. Okay, so we must be getting near the end now. Sean, anything yeah. else for us? I think, what you got, I think with my final closing one, I have someone that uh, was uh, from 1917 to 1996, American jazz singer, sometimes referred to as the first lady of song, queen of jazz. This is one of mine. This is good. Uh, this is one of mine. This is, this is my reserve list. Uh, she was, she appeared in movies and a guest on popular shows. Uh, most of her partnerships produced some of her best known songs, such as Dream a Little Dream of Me. Cheek to cheek, into each life, some rain must fall, and it don't mean a thing if ain't got that swing. Died at age yeah. of 79 after declining health, won 14 Grammys, National Medal of Arts, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Speaking, of course, Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald, yeah. Lady Ella. Yeah? Who yeah, I have I, seen. Really? Wow. I, saw her, I saw her at Ronnie Scott's. I was taken by my dad. For I think either my seventeenth or eighteenth birthday. Oh wow! I saw her Lucky. Lucky, yeah, that's gotta be my she, final. That's gotta be my number one. Yeah, you got yeah she's beautiful what voice. A, what a way to finish. What a voice. voice! What a voice! Don't it's voices like that that only come across once in a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's uh, incomparable, and it's uh, you can't emulate it. Well, and you listen to her singing with people like Duke Ellington. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Duke, just, Louis Armstrong. Yeah, Duke, Louis. Uh, I mean, all of the greats. Yeah. What a voice. And holds yeah. her own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's just brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic, fantastic singer. That's yeah. my, that's my last yeah, one I to think, wrap it up. Yeah, that's fine. I, I think of another one around that era of, of that sort of jazz singers was Sarah Vaughan. She's a great vocalist as well. Yeah. Well, Billy Holiday was, wasn't she? Oh, and of course, Billy Holiday. That, yeah, that, that was one of my honorable Holiday. mentions with uh, Strange Fruit. Yeah, is, is that yeah. with a U in honorable or without a U? Well, who, who who's saying it? <laughs> Me or well, you? So, <laughs> well, we're spelling it, so it's a U, obviously. <laughs> so, how many have you got left, Cole? Have you got another one? Uh, I've probably got. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure that I have now because I've got Ella. Ella, I don't think I've got any more. Well, apart from honourable mentions. Right, so shall I, I do, so should I right, do my do two and get them out of the way? Well, right. I know what your number one's going to be. It's well, just your number two. It's on right. well, no, so my, it's not my number two, is it? Because Janice was my number two. It's my number, number three. Number three, all right then. Right. So my number three, I, I won't bother about getting you to guess. Um, it's uh, it's Beth Hart, hmm. who okay. um, is... Um, and Joe Bonamassa's quote, uh, the new Janice Joplin... The new Tina Turner, the real deal. Um, the um, she started a career in 1987, but she really broke through in 1999 with an album called uh, "Screaming for My Supper." Interestingly, she sang the lead role in an off-Broadway musical called "Love Janice," based on the letters of Janis Joplin to her mum. Oh, wow! So interesting that there's that you know very much that link between the Janis Joplin sound and and Beth Hart's sound um really I guess her independent career kicked off sort of 2010 um she did a lot of um collaborations with Joe Bonamassa a big album her first big real commercial success was 2012 uh, Bang Bang Boom Boom which charted in 10 countries but then she had this whole run of fantastic albums, Better Than Home, Fire on the Floor, Back Coffee, War in My Mind. Um, 
Black Coffee was Kevin Shirley produced, and she did that with Joe Bonamassa. Um, she, uh, what date is it today? 24th. No, 23rd. What? 24th here now, just. 24th um, here now, yeah. Okay, so on the 25th of February, she is bringing out her latest album, which is called A Tribute to Led Zeppelin, and the single off it is Good Times, Bad Times. Um, so it, that's released tomorrow. Um, and um, the song I've chosen is from, again, from um, the t- 2012 Kennedy Centre um, um, show, um, and she did I'd Rather Go Blind as a tribute to Buddy Guy um, and got a standing ovation from the Obamas. So if you look at that, it's an absolutely brilliant version, and you can see in that why the connection with um, with Janice, you know, that um, that kind of, um, that same sound. Mm. So that's hers. Okay, she doesn't qualify as one of the singer-guitarist musicians as well, then, does she? She plays lots of instruments, but on all of the albums that I've got, she plays piano on two songs, and she's just a singer on all the others. Okay. So Fair I've counted them. I know, you know but I mean, she, she is a multi-instrumentalist, but she, um, yeah, yeah. but she, uh, but she's you basically... You do have a bit of Beth Hart. As you do, you're number one, and I'll tell you now who it is. I, I, I was I was telling the, the guys beforehand, telling Shaggy and Sean, um, well, I know who number one's going to be. And for some reason, I was getting the name of the band wrong. I kept calling it Death Wish. It's not Death Wish, is it? <laughs> no. It's Night no. Wish. Okay, Night I was Wish. so confused. I'm like, Death Wish? Night that's, Wish. That's like no. a movie. Yeah, no, it no. does. Yeah, No, it's Night Wish. And, okay. of course, you're going for... Floor well, Janssen. Given that Kate Bush isn't a possibility, I'm going for no, Floor Janssen. Yes, who is a six foot one inch Dutch Valkyrie um, singer, songwriter, vocal coach. Um, she started singing um, in a band called After Forever in 1997 as a 16 year old. Um, and she was with them till they disbanded in 2009. Uh, she was then in a, uh, in a band called Revamp, who did a couple of albums. But then the great story is that in 2012, she joined Nightwish as a touring member for the Imaginarium tour um, after Annette Olsen left um, or, or, you know, was fired, depending on your um, interpretation of history. Um, and there's a, really in, there's a really good film, which you can watch on YouTube, but I've got it on DVD. Um, where basically the leader of uh, of Nightwish, uh, Thomas Hulapainen, says, right, you know, you've basically got 24 hours to learn 14 songs. And she's, you know, sitting there going, I've heard all these songs, I can't believe I'm here, and now I've got to sing them in front of an audience. Um, but she's so successful that they, um, that they take her on full-time from uh, 2013. She's also a member of a prog metal supergroup called Star One. Um, interestingly, here's a, a flaw fact. Um, she wanted to be a biologist. And in 2018, um, they discovered a new species of beetle, which is named after her. It is called the Cisternus florgensini. Oh. There's an interesting fact. And she's got an amazing voice. She, everything from classical, because she, she works as a vocal coach as well. So everything from classical to belting to rasping. She's got a three-octave vocal range, C3 to F6. Um, she plays the guitar, piano, flute. But if you want to... For me, she's the best front woman in rock. 
by so far nobody else need turn up um when you see her on stage if you're talking about you know, you know it's what you were saying sean about Brittany being someone who commands the stage and, the, and get in the audience and everything yeah. when you see her live she absolutely is in control of however many people are in the audience and if you want to you know to watch um there's the their, I guess is it their most famous song depends on on your view. The song everybody goes on about is Ghost Love Score, um, and originally that was recorded on one of the early albums by the original singer Taria, um, but Floor Jansen's made it her own. And on the Showtime Storytime live album, um, she does that, um, and it's live at Wacken in 2013. And if you want to seven and a half minute treat for what a proper rock lead singer should do then ghost love score live at wacken is the thing to watch and i i i heaven knows how many times a week i play that never mind a year um it's probably now my favorite song of all and um, and she's i do not have enough words to praise how good she is as a singer and as a front woman amazing so yes, she's my number one, which you That's knew. Probably probably fairly good that you've got no more words because we're have gonna have to wrap up very, very, very shortly. Um I'm just gonna have to mention a few of these names that people have given me. Uh I try to miss out the ones that we've covered. Some of them are already on there, but other names, I'll just run through them. Uh, Diana Ross, of course. Uh yeah. I, it was definitely on my reserve list for Diana Ross. Um uh, Barbara Streisand, Carol King, did we mention? Shirley Bassey, Roberta Flack, Kiki D. One for you there, Pete. Well, I've got uh, Kiki. Tammy, Tammy Wynette. Uh, Annie Lennox. One of my uh, honourable mentions, Pete mentioned uh, Tina Turner. Uh, you got to mention uh, you got to mention uh, Whitney Houston. That's one of my honourable mentions. Yeah. yeah, Whitney Houston. That was one that uh, Clive has Amazing mentioned. Amazing singer. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Uh, Randy Crawford. Who's the girl that sings? Uh, the who's the girl from Greece that sings? Uh, that Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, just that. Just not, not even not even putting her up there. Just that one video of her and. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're not talking about Olivia Newton-John again. That's another one of my favorites. And Andrea Core, Adele. Oh yeah. Who's at least supports Spurs, which is Shirley good. Manson from Garbage. Something a little out of left field, but yeah. Yep, Shirley Manson. Someone's mentioned Shirley. Barbie mentioned Shirley Manson, actually. Portishead. Um, Christina. The singer of Portishead. That's oh, a little more. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. That's a little instrumental, but the singer of Portishead is amazing. I can't think of her name. That's bad. Um, anyway, Barbie is giving me Jill, uh, Jill so Sobel. Uh, Portishead, Lance I think, Morris. is uh, Beth Gibbons. That's the one, Beth Gibbons. Yep. Uh, Alan, Alan, That's Alanis an English fan from 1991. Yeah, Alanis Morissette, jeez. Another one another one for Jeff there. Uh, Karen <laughs> O. Karen O for the yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, Queen Latifah. These are all from Barbie. Shirley Manson, as you mentioned. Pink. She's got a great voice, actually. And her number one is Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce. Yeah. Helen's given us, or Johnny Mitchell, Maria Callas, Judy Garland for you, and Liza Manelli oh, as well. Yoko for, Ono. Jo yeah, Joan, Joan Byers, uh, Judy Collins, another one with a great voice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Billy Holiday, uh, Edith Piaf, 
we've definitely thrown some in here, haven't we? Florence Welsh from Krista. That is, that's uh, from that's quite, a, quite a list. Susie Sue from Susie and the Banshees. Bjork. Um, Sade. Shaka Khan. Now, Jeff's given me four here, actually. Pink. Kate, no mention of Alanis Morissette. Pink. Katy Perry. Avril Lavigne. And he's written Kelly. I'm not quite sure who he means. Does he mean Kelly Rowland? I don't know. And, and Shaggy mentioned one from The Sounds. Maya Ivashon. Or Maya Iverson. However you pronounce Has anyone it. got uh, Mama Cass? No, no Mama Cass. Yeah. Mama, Cass and, uh, Mama Cass and Sonny Christina. Talking of... Yeah, the other ones there. Um, yeah. yeah, Mama Cass, Dream a Little Dream of Me. She did sing an she? Um, right, we better wrap up quickly, quickly. Um, and thanks to um, you, Pete, of course, as normal. And thanks, Sean, for guesting tonight. Thank you for having me, as always. Thanks, Sean. Sure. It's been a pleasure. Great talking music with you guys, with you lads. Good, as, as blokes. <laughs> as blokes. Uh, and this podcast will host the Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker. It'll be on the Off the Record Facebook page and the CBW Productions Facebook page and uh, the website as well. And eventually, we will be on the BBC. We are absolutely <laughs> certain of that. Uh, in the meantime, it is a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. And it's a good night from them. Excellent. Thank you very much. Not off. <laughs>